of course, welcome to Griff Talks Football. Your host, Griff here. Um, my recent episode, episode 9 of my series, One Take. Um, you're welcome to check that out anytime, either before or after this episode. In which I talked about the potential head coaching candidates that could be hired by this particular team. Uh, well, as well as talking about teams that are currently looking for a head coach. Which, just FYI for the Browns, is still ongoing. As of today on this recording, which is a Thursday. See, so yeah, it's not, unfortunately it's not Wednesday, I got busy. Uh, they, I think, are just done, or done interviewing with Mike McCarthy. And so they're trying to get connected with Urban Meyer. See how that goes. I think both are great hires but in terms of just NFL experience and within a system. I do think McCarthy might get the job um, just because of his past history, learning from other coaches. He learned from Bill Coward. He learned from Marty Schottenheimer. Um, he has worked with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. We've both seen the worst and the best of those two quarterbacks. He has been a master in his craft in terms of the West Coast system, which again is just quick and efficient passing attack. Um, but with Urban Meyer, of course, he's had success with collegiate quarterbacks changing their careers around and, of course, assembling a staff and a roster that has been successful with and without them. Um, now, of course, I can't say the same for uh, Mike McCarthy because Matt LaFleur is the head coach and the Packers are now 13-3 and with a first-round bye with the second-seed playoff positioning. So they're doing well without him. Um, but that's because Matt LaFleur had drafted his own players, had brought in the players that he wanted, and had changed the system up. The system... Um, Far, far, far different from Mike McCarthy's system. But I, either way, either hire, I think it's great. Um, but, you know, we'll see. They're also trying to get Josh McDaniels, a Patriots offensive coordinator. Uh, I think they'll interview him by next week and so forth. But then the Panthers still looking on. They're still looking for head coaches. And so are the Giants as we speak. But nevertheless, you can go ahead and check that episode out. Well, let's get back to the daily episode, in which is the end of the 2019 regular season. Reviewing week 17, and then talk about a little bit about the playoff picture, and then my last episode for the season of my series one take. I will talk about the playoff picture and the teams that I've got there and how they got there, and the coaches staff that are on that team and the players, which that's of course more that's more situations, but it's evolved around one particular theme, which is the playoff picture. So looking forward to that episode. But nevertheless, let's kick this off by talking about the 49ers versus Seahawks, the last Sunday night football game of the 2019 year. And by God, it was a fantastic game. But it came down to a goal line mistake, which gives the 49ers the first overall seed in the playoff picture. 
So, Seahawks have the ball back with a minute 50 left on the clock. I think they're at their own 26-yard line, 27. And they marched down the field. And they got to the one-yard line. And they spiked it. So, second and goal. With 22 seconds left. And then, they were getting their personnel in. A goal line personnel. Multiple tight ends. And multiple backs. So, typically one fullback and then one running back. And they brought in Marshawn Lynch. And then all of a sudden, delay a game. Now, it certainly... It wasn't a ref's fault by any means. It was certainly the Seahawks' fault, that coaching staff's fault, for not in the players for not getting the playoff before the play clock. Which then that was a five yard penalty. They get back to her six yard line. And then incomplete pass, which becomes third and goal. And then Another incomplete pass, fourth and goal, and then a pass that was caught by Hollister, who was down, inch and short, short of the goal line, ended up being the win for the 49ers. And so, as you look, this Seahawks team is still Russell Wilson dependent, but because of how spectacular player is, you can get by with anything. Just because of the athleticism, of the arm talent, the accuracy, the mechanics, and how efficient he is playing quarterback. Um, and with the Niners, I would argue they're a far better team. I do think they have someone of a far better coaching staff, a far better offensive system, just because of the players that they have in it. But, geez, they almost lost to Wilson twice this year. You can only ask so much of your defense to handle Russell Wilson. If you don't waste the clock and end the game by running the ball or by getting first downs and you give the ball back to Russell Wilson, um, it definitely could be a potential loss for you. Which is, yeah, which is of course, unfortunate. Um, if you're a team that is trying to beat the Seahawks. But nevertheless, congrats to the 49ers in winning that. They were by far dominant throughout three quarters. Game ended up being 26-21. But it's just, you're far better in terms of talent, in terms of the players that you have. But that was way too close. Because the Seahawks defense is ranked 27 defending the run, you should have had far better success since you're second in rushing yards. In rushing yards per game. But yet, that game was still... too close, just too close. Raiders versus Broncos. Two-point conversion fails. It's how they end the season. Coming up too short. Raiders ended up being 7-9. The game was 16-15. to I mean, they're already eliminated by, uh, from playoff contention just because the Titans won their game. Uh, but, man, that was it's, it's a rough season for the Raiders. I do think they got some pieces they have offensively that I, that I do like. Uh, but they really need to fix their defense. I don't like Paul Garther as their defensive coordinator. Uh, but they're going to keep him. They're going to keep some coaching staff there as well in the defensive side of the ball. Because their secondary, again, has been atrocious all year. Ranking 30, now 32nd in passing yards per game. Like, it was just, it was just bad. Just terrible. Um, 
and yet it's it's interesting to to see that they haven't fired him and of course there may be changes to the quarterback position i'm not quite sure we'll have to see but uh broncos win on this one cardinals versus rams rams get the last win playing in the coliseum before their stadium they ended up winning, I believe, 31 to 24. It was a close game. But going off for this season and going towards the next season, they're definitely going to try to fix or do their best to fix and improve the offensive line because their identity is running the ball. Yes, they're in one back personnel. Yes, they have multiple talented wide receivers and they can go pass heavy, but that is not the scene, the scheme and the system that they are um, effective in. Um, if they decide to go past heavy, they're going to need to utilize their backs and receivers differently. Um, it's going to, people could argue it could be, you know, an air raid system or a, um, a West Coast system, if you will, that requires a lot of quick passing attack. You know, they could go that route. But they're far more effective giving it to Todd Gurley, giving it to the running backs, and going off of play action. Don't get me wrong. Jared Goff is, an, is a great quarterback, and he is capable of running that system if they chose to by changing it up and going pass heavy. Now, depending on what system they use, you know, they could, they could go air raid, they can go west coast, whatever. Um, but he is not athletic. He's not. And when you don't have a good offensive line or an offensive line that is consistent, you're going to get sacked or you're forced to throw the ball quickly. And if you're facing defenses that can adjust to you throwing the ball quickly, then it's going to even be more difficult to move the ball effectively, effectively and efficiently as possible. So I think that's what they're going to do for this offseason until the regular season or even preseason starts is getting that O-line fix, getting different def defensive players in there. I know they don't have a lot of cap room, but they're going to need to adjust as much as they can. They do have star players. I think Todd Gurley will be healthy again. Um, but they, they most of all, they really want to get back to their own offensive identity, which has been running the ball in his own scheme, multiple receivers then by all means, they got to improve the O-line. Redskins versus Cowboys. Dominating performance, only to miss out the playoffs. Cowboys won 47-16. Dak Prescott almost throws 5,000 yards. Ezekiel Elliott is ranked third in rushing yards. They um, have a 1,000-yard receiver, multiple 1,000-yard receivers, I think. You know, Great statistic, statistic offensively. Defensively, they do need to improve. Um, but, I mean, no, no, none of the coaches there have been fired or let go just yet. Maybe they'll re-sign Jason Garrett, maybe not. I'm just not quite sure. Uh, but it's, it's been an inconsistent season for the Cowboys. Yes, they got some nice pieces offensively. They do, again, need to improve defensively. But they also need to beat teams that are over 500. And for those who don't know what over 500 means, it's a record that's above 
you know, eight plus wins. Or during the season, it's, you know, not tied record like three and three, but rather, you know, four and two or five and one and so forth. A certain amount of games that is almost 100% if you're six and no, or if you're five and one, it's like 0.900 something, right? Like just, that's the best way I can describe it's, it's, it's a, a, a better record uh, than being sub 500 or below 500. And they have, they only, they, they went one and seven, I think, against playoff teams or teams that have 500 or more in terms of the records that they have. And so that's what they need to really improve on and, and really figure out what their offensive identity is. Uh, the Redskins, they hired Ron Rivera. They brought in Jack Del Rio as a defense coordinator. I'm not sure they brought in all of their coaching staff in just yet. I'm not sure who their offensive coordinator is because both Rivera and Del Rio are defensive-minded coaches. Um, and Rivera does not have a history of offensive play calling. Um, so whatever offensive coordinator they bring in, I do think they're going to bring in an OC that's going to be emphasized on running the football, power football maybe, with the running backs that they have, uh, and kind of help Dwayne Haskins there. Um, but we'll have to see what they do in the next couple of days. Eagles versus Giants. Eagles make the playoffs. Carson Wentz for MVP. Carson Wentz, he barely threw over 4,000 4, yards passing with 27 touchdowns through the air and seven interceptions. I do think he's got a couple rushing touchdowns in as well. But this is the first time in NFL history where a quarterback has thrown over 4,000 yards and receivers that do not have over 500 yards receiving. That's That tells you that that's either A, they have trash receivers, or B, their receivers have been injury prone, which is the option is B. They're, they've had receivers in and out of the lineup due to injury. They brought up some receivers uh, that were on the practice squad, and they brought up receivers that were quarterbacks at one point and turned into a wide receiver. Great example is Greg Ward. Uh, Greg Ward, who played quarterback in the University of Houston, has bounced off from league these past couple years, and he's not a receiver. But... He Carson Wentz has really carried the team on his back to lead him to nine and seven, to lead him to a a, a playoff um, spot, to be able to compete and then beat the Eagles if they can for this weekend. Um, but literally, Carson Wentz, in terms of reliable weapons, is his tight ends. He's got Zach Ertz, who had he not got hurt against the Cowboys game. And had not been ruled out against the Giants, he would have had over a thousand yards receiving. And then Dallas Goddard, who has over six hundred plus yards receiving, who's a backup tight end. Um, so again, they, this team cannot beat other teams vertically, but they sure as heck can still move the ball efficiently and effectively. Um, and that's all because of Carson Wentz and the work that he's put in. Steelers versus Ravens. Steelers lost to backups. Really need an improved offense. That's all I got to say here. They had injured pieces offensively. They still have a good old line, but not enough to really carry you by just pounding the ball, which they have been average in terms of running the ball, middle of the league. Their passing attack has been atrocious. Uh, they're probably going to have a new quarterback room, except for Ben Roethlisberger. He's going to be there returning from injury. Uh, 
but they really need to improve offensively. Um, because you cannot waste a talented defense that you have and go eight and eight again for this upcoming year. They went eight and seven, eight, seven, one last year and eight and eight this year. So they have not had yet a losing season under Tom Coff, not Tom Coughlin, sorry, under Mike Tomlin. Um, but if they go eight and eight again this year, he may get fired and they really need to improve offensively. Colts versus Jags. Jags win. Both teams have questions at quarterback. Jaguars, they got to figure out what to do with Gardner Minshew as well as Nick Foles. They're certainly not going to pay Nick Foles a lot of money just to be on the bench because he, remember, he signed that four-year, $87 million contract. And as for the Colts, they haven't decided they're going to stick with Jacoby Brissett or drafting their QB. Jacoby's only got one more year in his contract, I believe. And then as for um, Titans and the Texans. The Titans get the win. 9-7. First time in NFL history to go 9-7. Four straight seasons. Made the playoffs. And um, they got Derrick Henry to win the rushing title with over 1,600 yards rushing. Um, so congrats to the Titans on making that. But, you know... I think had it been a 12 o'clock game, I think they could have lost that. But because it was 325 and because Houston figured out that the Chiefs had won, uh, that there was no reason to compete for a third playoff spot because it ended up being given to New England. Even though they beat New England, New England has one more win above them. And so the Texans ended up just going 10-6, resting their starters, or at least the majority of them, uh, to then prepare for the Bills coming up. As for Titans, they got a tough test coming up against uh, New England. Packers versus Lions. Pack mates come back for the second seed playoff position. They were down 20-3, I believe, at one point in the game. They came back and, and won 23-20. Um, which, okay, impressive comeback, but that's against a terrible team. Um, and that team for the Lions were doing well offensively because they were able to pound the rock. Sorry. They were able to pound the rock, run the football. Um, and surprisingly, they got pressure to Aaron Rodgers, and they were able to at least stuff the run. But then the Packers, they got back into the running attack just a little bit in the second half. And they got some play-action passes going. And they forced turnovers and got right back in the game and, and, and won. So, I mean, congrats to the Packers on having a 13-3 and season. But I, I, I worry that if the Saints beat the Vikings, that the Saints are just going to run the ball all over them. Even though the Packers have two weeks to prepare for, for opponents, you know, they, they all, all they got to worry about is either preparing for the Saints, preparing for... Um, the Eagles or Seahawks, which of course is a lot of teams, um, they don't have to worry about the Vikings because they're a sixth seed and the Vikings win. They just go on and play against the 49ers. But, you know, the Saints come in there and pound the rock and they force the Packers to play from behind. They necessarily don't have the weapons or the offensive skill set necessary to, to try to come back from behind. Now, obviously, they've done that in some couple of games. But that was against teams that don't have great secondaries. And, again, they're playing against a team that has a great secondary. Like the 49ers, they get their ass whooped. 
Like on Sunday Night Football, they lost 37 to 8 or some shit like that. And, um, again, they are not equipped to necessarily stop the run. They rely heavily on their pass rush, and offensively, they're not really equipped to just go pass heavy. They really need a six-row identity to be successful, and that's pounding the rock with Aaron Jones and go and play action. Now, again, they have Aaron Rodgers. That's true, but I worry about their playoff success going forward. Falcons versus Buccaneers. Jameis goes 30 for 30, as in he's the first quarterback in NFL history to throw 33 touchdowns with 30 interceptions, as well as throwing over 5,000 yards, in which he has become the sixth quarterback to ever do that. Fun fact, quarterbacks that have thrown over 5,000 yards in a season are Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Drew Brees, who's done it five times, Dan Marino, and Peyton Manning. You know, you would think, oh, why not Aaron Rodgers? He's never done that. Ooh, why not Matt Ryan? He's never done that. Ooh, you know, other quarterbacks. Which not, not every other quarterback has done that. Um, you have to look at the targets that they have and how well they play against the defenses in, in the division that they play in. And, um, now granted, uh, Jameis, he hasn't necessarily done well against the Saints defense, but the Panthers and the Falcons don't have a strong secondary. And, of course, it always helps when you have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans to throw to. Um, I don't think the Buccaneers will necessarily resign them, but we'll have to see how that goes. Dolphins versus Patriots. Fitz magic happened. Dolphins win 27-24, to knock the Patriots to the wild card round. The first time the Patriots, or the last time the Patriots have played in the wild card round was back in 2009, so 10 years ago. And that was the year where they lost to the Baltimore Ravens in the wild card round. They also went 10-6 and that year, and they weren't necessarily strong defensively. Now, this is the other way around, where they're strong defensively, excellent special teams, not so much strong offensively, but... You know, Tom Brady, he ended the season, I think, number seventh in passing yards. So they can throw the ball. It's just a matter of do they have the weapons to be consistent in terms of being effective throwing the ball. And as long as Edelman is healthy, James White is healthy, and Nikhil Harry can get consistent, I think they'll be all right. Browns versus Bengals. Bengals win. Hours later, Freddie Kitchens is fired. Also an update, I don't think I mentioned this in the last episode, but John Dorsey is fired. He's gone from Cleveland, and now Cleveland's looking for a head coach. Again, as I mentioned, they've talked to Mike McCarthy. They're about to talk to Urban Meyer at some point, and then looking to talk to Josh McDaniels as well, and a few other assistants from various teams. But I do think they're either going to look at or hire Mike McCarthy, Urban Meyer, maybe Josh McDaniels. Um, but I would, I would highly recommend for them – as someone who's not only a Browns fan, but has looked at the coaches that they're looking at and the previous success that they had, I do think they're far better hiring Urban Meyer or Mike McCarthy. Saints versus Panthers. Saints dominate only to get the third seed to finish 13-3. and That's just because I think in terms of strength of victory, it's gone to the Packers, which has given them the second seed. Because they're also 13-3. and They never played against each other this year. It's just unfortunate for the Saints. They're such, I would argue, a far better excellent team. 
But we'll have to see. Can they beat the Vikings? And they can they can, can they go on and beat the Packers? Chargers versus Chiefs. Chiefs get the second seed, possibly Phil Rivers' last game. I hate for this to be his last game. I don't think he's gonna retire. I just think it's gonna be his last game as a Charger. Um just because of the amount of interceptions he's thrown, he's not mobile. And and for the Chargers, I think they're going to look for a mobile, mobile quarterback to make up for the lackluster offensive line, really. Um, Jets versus Bills. Jets win. That's all I got to say there. And then Bears versus Vikings. The Bears win. That's also what I got to say there. I know there's been reports that they're sticking with Mitchell Trubisky for the 2020 year. If he somehow comes back and balls out, proves people wrong, and there's a consistent offensive identity under Matt Maggie calling the plays and having new offensive assistants in there, then I think that works out. If not, I do think it's not only going to put a strain on trying to let go of Mitchell Trubisky, it's also going to put a strain on franchise and the relationship between the GM there and with Matt Nagy, but we'll see how that goes. It is now time to move on to the playoff picture. I'm just going to do an overview of this, and I'll explain in more detail in my last uh, episode of Season 1 for my Series 1 take, starting with the AFC. Number 1, Baltimore. Number 2, Kansas City Chiefs. Number three, New England Patriots. Number four, Houston Texans. Number five, Buffalo Bills. Number six, Tennessee Titans. NFC, number one, San Francisco 49ers. Number two, Green Bay Packers. Number three, New Orleans Saints. Number four, the Philadelphia Eagles. Number five, Seahawks. Number six, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, These Saturday's games, I think it's going to be the Houston Texans and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, let me check that out real quick. I'm uh, sorry about that. Hold on. Um, let me see. Almost, almost got it. Sorry, I brain fart here. So yes, this Saturday at three twenty at three thirty-five Central Time, uh, Texans are playing against the Bills. Um, also on Saturday uh, at 7.15 Central Time, the Patriots versus the Titans. Then on Sunday, we've got the NFC playoff games with the Saints and Vikings at 12.05. And then the Eagles and Seahawks um, at 3.40. So looking forward to those games. Again, thank you so much for listening. Happy New Year's to y'all. Hopefully the New Year's is the New Year's for y'all is kicked off in a good way. And uh have a kick-ass day, y'all.